Hey everybody and welcome to Breaking Biotech, the podcast where we get into all things biotech trading related. My name is Matt and thanks a lot for watching or listening. Uh, if you like what I'm doing, please like, subscribe, or leave a comment. going to try and come back every week and look at something interesting that's going on in the biotech world and pick up a company and also follow my biotech portfolio, which this week I'm very excited to say has made uh, giant leaps and bounds. So we'll get into that. But the first thing I wanted to talk about is Tandem Diabetes Care. So they are a insulin pump company that uses a Dexcom continuous blood glucose monitor. So going to talk about them and why they've had such a crazy run up up until now and whether or not it's uh, it's overdone and it's due for a pullback or whether or not I think it's going to continue forward. So with that, let's uh, let's just get into it. So here's the website for Tandem Diabetes Care. Their entire game is they use the Dexcom continuous blood glucose monitor and they use that information to mo modulate a pump that controls insulin feeding into the person's body. So just to give a background on diabetes itself, there's two kinds, type 1, type 2. Type 1 is an autoimmune condition that requires insulin therapy uh, in order to maintain blood sugar. Type 2 doesn't really need insulin therapy. Type 2 is more of a exercise and diet problem that can be fixed with insulin sensitizers or um, interventions like diet and exercise. So it's really the type 1 diabetics that are most that would find this technology most useful. In the United States, there's about uh, 1.5 million people that have it, so it's not a insignificant market for a company like this to try and and break into, but um, they, they do some competition. So the reason why this company caught my eye is because they've had this crazy run-up for the last few days based on an upgrade from a guy known as J.P. McKim, who... Uh, increases price target from 8 to 13 on their latest earnings report. So he thinks that they have a superior closed-loop system and they're going to have one for a few years that's going to put them above the competition. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, whether or not that's that's true or not. So the, the closed-loop system that he's, he's referring to is an automated system whereby there has to be no intervention from the, the person who's actually controlling how much infusion he or she gets of insulin. So the way it's normally, or the way that it's been done up until these companies have come out, and so Tandem Diabetes Care and Medtronic are the, the two bigger names, even though Medtronic is the real behemoth in this battle. But before any of this technology came out, you had a blood glucose monitor that you had to finger prick yourself. You get a, a few microliters of blood into the glucose monitor, it would tell you your sugar, and then based on that, you would inject yourself IV with uh, insulin. And there's many different types of formulations of insulin that allow it to be uh, long-acting or short-acting based on the kind of meal that you've had. So the insulin decreases the blood sugar, which is the problem in diabetes, is that you can't bring your blood sugar down. And when you eat a meal, of course, it spikes your blood sugar, so then you need the insulin to, to bring it back down into normal range. So so the closed loop part is the part where you don't need to actually control how much insulin gets fed in. So when these insulin pumps started coming on the market, people still needed to control how much insulin was being pushed inside them. So the pump was advantageous in that instead of needing to actually bring out a syringe and fill the syringe and everything, 
you would load a cartridge into the pump and then you just control the pump and tell it to give you a certain number of cc's so the closed loop means that you don't need to actually intervene with it which isn't entirely closed loop because the person still needs to be careful and monitoring their sugar and there's actually some calibrations that need to happen to make sure that the glucose monitor itself is still uh, reading accurately. So the closed loop system that JP McKim is, is excited about is the integration with this Dexcom G5 which requires uh, two finger sticks per day for calibration. It's got this uh, deviation of accuracy of only 9% and it can share this data with the, the pump so that it's able to control automatically it's not entirely automatic because it has a sensor that, that shows whether or not your sugar is going too low. And if your sugar goes too low, then it actually stops the pump. So that's part of the closed loop system that, that exists with this Dexcom G5. The reason why this is interesting is because hypoglycemic events is, is life-threatening. So if you inject yourself with too much insulin, your blood sugar can plummet so much that you can actually die. So this is very helpful for diabetics who have trouble overshooting their insulin and then needing to spike themselves with sugar or drink orange juice or something to keep their sugar up. So with this technology that exists, and this is going to be released, I think, in, in the next couple quarters, they're, they're going to automatically get a shutoff of their insulin pump, which is pretty cool. So a similar thing actually already exists and uh, Medtronic has a product similar to that. It's less accurate based on the glucose monitoring part and it requires more finger sticks in order to get the calibrations per day. So it's less than ideal but it's arguably a similar product. JP McKim might think that this advantage of the tandem system is going to bring a lot of people towards tandem. I'm not terribly convinced Tandem also has data that they're collecting for the next system. So the Dexcom G6 is has been approved by the FDA, but Tandem is still waiting on regulatory approval from their clinical trial on whether or not it's going to be able to be integrated and offered. And the one, the major advantage that I've noticed with the G6 is that they don't have any finger sticks required for calibration. So I assume you have to do some sort of calibration originally and then after that you just don't have to do it so that's actually kind of attractive because nobody really likes sticking themselves with uh, whatever they, there's like these instruments that they have in order to do it to pierce your skin and then you can get the drop of blood but if you actually don't have to do that I would say that that is a significant advantage over the current uh, technology that's out there from Medtronic so that they're waiting on the data and they're expecting to release that in Q in the second half of 2019 I think that's something to keep your eyes out if you're interested in this company. Yeah, so this is the Medtronic product that already exists. It's got a similar function of automating the insulin delivery based on the glucose readings. So this is a similar product to the insulin pump that uh, that Tandem will be releasing in uh, in the next couple quarters now. So these products are similar. It, I don't necessarily think that Tandem's is going to draw a lot of people from Medtronic. And in the breakdown right now, Medtronic has about 70% market share, uh, so they're, they're very much uh, the, the large player in the space right now. Alright, so besides that, there has been a change in the dynamics of the blood glucose pump landscape because 
company called Animus has closed their doors, and this was a, a Johnson & Johnson subsidiary. So they stopped selling pumps in October of 2017. They have a bunch of customers that are going to be looking for the new for some new pump to treat their diabetes. So far, of the new customers that Tandem has gotten, 20% of them are former Animus customers. So, you know, that's not as impressive as I would have liked to hope. And obviously Medtronic has uh, an interest in these customers, so they're helping with that as well. But for only 20% of the new customers are, are these people uh, isn't as great as I would have thought if they if they had a great technology that J.P. McKim is suggesting. So I think this is going to give a temporary boost to sales of Tandem, which might be nice in the short term. But if they're not able to maintain that, then we're going to see sort of a short-term increase in revenue for a bit, and then that's going to drop down to their normal growth. And I've got a model that I put together, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay, so the next thing that is of particular note in Tandem's last conference call on their Q1 earnings of 2018 is that their pump sales are actually kind of stagnant, and a lot of their revenue now is coming from these infusion sets and the cartridges. So you get the pump, and the sales cycle for that is only about four years before you get a new pump. So once you get the pump, the things that you need to change are the infusion sets and the cartridges for, for insulin. So once you get a, a base and people like your product, then they really just need to buy the infusion sets and the cartridges, and the pump's much less frequent. So the pump sales really stagnated in twenty from 2015 until now. And the beginning of 2018 seems like it's no different. Now, if they get a, a bit of a boost from the Animus customers, we might see the pump sales increase a little bit. But we're going to really hope to see a lot of the infusion sets and the cartridges grow if they're going to keep these customers. And I think they estimated that uh, they think that 70% of their customers are going to keep are going to stick with them. So that's uh, that's something to be mindful of. And in the model I've set out, we need to make sure to keep this in mind that they're going to get very minimal pump sales growth. And most of their sales are going to come from this these cartridges and fusion sets if we're looking deep into the future for this company. All right. So the, the next device that, that they're launching that I was talking about related to the Dexcom's G6 technology is this T-Slim X2 with Type 0 hybrid closed loop algorithm. So... This is actually would put them above the, the competition by, by a bit of a margin here. Oh, actually, I said it was going to be launched in second half of 2019, but I guess it's the first half of 2019. So this actually, they use an algorithm to control how much of a bolus needs to go into the person in order to achieve glycemia in this range. So if it's able to work as well as they claim it to work, then this would be pretty cool because you don't need any intervention from somebody minimal finger pricks to get the device calibrated and you can stay within the glycemia that you want so hopefully this works out this would be a huge step ahead for diabetics in their ability to control their glycemia so i'm looking forward to seeing this mostly just from a health standpoint because this would really be able to maintain people's sugar and prevent the complications that are associated with diabetes which comes from their inability usually to control their blood sugar so uh, so this is I think much more interesting than anything else that I've seen from this company and if they're able to get uh, success in this clinical trial I think that they would pose a threat to Medtronic. So Medtronic is actually a gigantic company. They're way bigger than than Tandem and they're, they're involved in lots of different things in the healthcare sector. So 
I think the one advantage that Tandem does have over Medtronic is that because they're so focused on only this insulin pump continuous blood glucose monitor therapy, that they don't need uh, as much bureaucracy to change, and they can change quite a bit faster than Medtronic can. So even though Medtronic has technology that rivals them, I think Tandem might have an advantage of being a smaller company that can get this sort of stuff out there quicker while Medtronic is focused on their other areas of business. So that's something else that I think is important. All right, so I'm just going to touch on the model that I have set up. So these numbers I took from their latest earnings report and the Q, 10Q and the, the 10K to, to find out their yearly revenue data and, um, and sort of extrapolate what they're hoping to get and what they've actually got in the past and whether or not it's realistic. So JP McKim uh, increased the price target from 8 to 13. And that's based on a few things that the guidance that, met, that Tandem has suggested moving forward. So a couple of the things that I've put into this model are a gross margin of around 55%. So they suggested that they're going to be able to increase their gross margin from about 40 to where it is now to about 50 to 55 moving forward, just based on the fact that their uh, facilities, the increase in their facilities aren't going to lead to, to greater costs of goods. So there's that. There's also the revenue growth expectation. So they their guidance moving forward says that they're going to be able to grow from about 23% to about 30%. So if they're able to do that, that's a very impressive growth. It's, of course, unsustainable long-term, but for the next few years, I think if they can keep that up, then, you know, this is something that's worth uh, putting into our model. So the pump shipments I included here, and I extrapolated from that the revenue that they got from the cartridge and infusion sets. So like I was saying before, the cartridge and infusion sets are going to become a very important part in their revenue generation because the pumps, they're going to sell less pumps. By that, I mean the growth in the pump sales is going to decrease compared to the growth in the infusion and cartridge sets. So I put in the 25% growth in the revenue up until 2030, and I tried to keep the COGS growth at only 18% because in order to maintain this growth gross margin of 55%, I made an assumption on the R&D and SG&A gro uh, growth to only 5%, which you have to make decisions based on this, but based on the growth that's been in the last few years, I don't think their R&D is going to go up too much, especially after they get approval from the FDA on their Type 0 product, the, the G6 Dexcom product. So if that stays steady at only 5%, then their operating income is going to become positive at around 2021. Now, they're hoping to break even on their cash flow by the end of 2019. And my model doesn't really say that that's going to happen, uh, not until 2021. So I don't know how they're going to hope to do that given the what they forecasted. They, they have to pay interest on a lot of the debt that they're servicing, and that I've, I've included here just because it's going to take some time for them to pay that off. So I'm assuming there's going to be interest payments that they're going to have to make. And I've kept taxes at zero, which is not going to stay forever. They're eventually going to have to start paying tax, even though they can probably defer a decent amount of it right now. So these assumptions I've made in, 
in their benefit to give the best possible scenario. So I've made an assumption that their re growth in revenue is going to decrease by 10% in starting at 2024. So, and I base that on the fact that 20% of their customers, of their new customers are Animus customers. So if we extrapolate that out, this growth rate maintains if they include those new customers up until around 2023. And I made some assumptions in order to get that. But once those customers are tapped, then I'm assuming that their growth is going to decrease and it has to at some point, their growth rate is gonna decrease. So I assume that up until 2030. And then after 2030, in order to get the net present value, I assume that they're gonna grow uh, 1% in their net income from 2030 to perpetuity. So after including a discount rate of 15, which is relatively arbitrary, just based on a slightly increased uh, rate from their debt cost, come up with a net present value of 730 million. And based on the number of shares that they have, I got about $14.2 per share. And their current price, actually today it's less. I was working on this over the weekend. So basically, I think it's possible to get a price target of 13 based on this information. Now, what we have to ask ourselves is, is it realistic to assume this? I think that this is an optimistic outlook overall. I, uh, I don't know if they can maintain a 25% growth rate for this long. If their product was far superior to Medtronic, then I would say, sure, then it can do that. But because their product up until the first half of 2019 is going to be on par with Medtronic, in my opinion, and there is some uncertainty related to the approval of their, their latest G6 Dexcom product, then up until then, there's a lot of uncertainty around. So I think the discount rate of 15 isn't that surprising if you assume that there is a lot of risk involved in this. So I, uh, I haven't made any moves yet relating this company, but I'm keeping my eye on them now. And I think that everybody should do the same. If they're not able to achieve these numbers in terms of pump shipments or the revenue in infusion and cartridge, if it doesn't start to, to increase as well to get that 25% growth, then, uh, then I don't know if it's worth buying right here. The company also holds a lot of debt and they continue to issue more shares in order to fund these operations. And, uh, you know, this is it's pretty typical with biotech, but if they don't continue to maintain a, a growth rate as high as, as this, then I think they might struggle. So anyway, if you have any thoughts or, or questions about the uh, assumptions that I made, you know, leave me a comment or something. I always love to get some feedback on that. All right, so here's my portfolio based on uh, last Friday, so the 18th. So we made a big move, like I said, and the profit loss, I'm up to 4.9% based on some big moves that we saw from Fate, big moves from Illumina, big moves from Madrigal, and a bit of a move in, in Amune. So overall, I'm pretty happy with this. I, uh, I hope we continue. Gilead is still struggling to get above 70, but you know I think it's still a long-term Hold as well as uh, Bristol Myers. So other than that, um, Atomus continuing to stay strong around 31. So I'm I'm happy to say that year to date I am beating the S&P 500, which is always nice for now. Uh, in terms of weekly expected volatility, the SPX is uh, volatility has not really changed from last week, but the XBI's has gone down a bunch. So I think. 
given the Trump news that we heard last week, we're going to expect some inflows into biotech. And hopefully that remains true for the rest of this week, but it, uh, it remains to be seen. With that, I want to thank you guys for watching. Of course, this is not investment advice. This is only opinion. This is all for fun. If you have any questions or comments, please, uh, please let me know. And please like, subscribe, or tell a friend. And uh, with that, I want to thank you guys for watching, and see you next time.